listen to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. They're wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the world together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah. And thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Cree Robertson, alongside my style man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we've returned for episode 392. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah, what's going on? Uh, let's start out with a hearty happy birthday for friend of this show, Adon, yo. Happy oh, birthday, snap. my man. Happy birthday, Adon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Had a little good time uh, hanging out with him on the beach for his birthday with the with the peeps. Yeah, it was it was good stuff, man. I appreciate the invite. Uh Definitely always a good time when uh when we get together, man. Like his circle of friends is always top notch, and so I'm a real it's a real honor to be part of that, you know. But yeah, that's what's up, man. Uh, so yeah, what you been getting into this weekend? Uh, this weekend I didn't watch too much. Uh, watched some some YouTube, and um, but I was able to catch the uh, um the Castlevania Nocturne. So that was that was pretty good. But yeah, other than that, I didn't really see too much else this weekend. Yeah. So yes, I, I was able to to catch uh, Nocturne as well. So I'm definitely looking forward to talking about that. Um, I actually also got to catch the uh, first three episodes that are released of Gen V, the boy spinoff. Mm-hmm. Boy, oh boy, gotta say, just the TLDR, fucking enjoying the shit out of that show. Oddly enough, man, like I really appreciate what they do. Those guys are really good directors. But um, yeah, we'll get into that later. So what do you want to start? You want to start with Nocturne? Yeah, we can do that. That's what's up, man. So, uh, you want to give your, uh, your your short synops? Uh, I enjoyed it a lot, man. I, re- I really like the the new characters this season. Um, I, I do like the the new Belmont and his his um his his journey in season mm-hmm. one. I, I I did like that. Um, Richter, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was he was really dope this season. I just I enjoyed I like his, his powered chat up ass energy, bro. He is very very chill, and it's quite funny, bro. He is such, <laughs> yo. He he comes with a certain like bravado. Yeah, that is. I typically do not like bravado, but it's something about his accent and his story. I just I enjoyed watching uh, Richter a lot. I thought that he was really well done and voice actor, fucking. A nine out of ten for me. It's it's actually one of the few performances lately that I actually noted. Like, yo, this fucking dude is killing this shit right now. Yeah, my opinion. He nailed it. But yeah, um, that's what's up. Yeah, so uh, moving on. Yeah, I I also um, I enjoyed the the, the vampires this side around. Mm-hmm. That shit mm-hmm. was like super cool. I fuck like um, All Rocks was a super yo, interesting. All Rocks is yo, vampire. All Rocks like, is out of control, bro. His character was very very interesting. I like out of control, bro. And I really like that. Like you from the jump, you could sort of. <laughs> I like that he's true to himself. You know what I mean? From the jump. He was never once and on that battery train. Bro. No, never. never once was he fucking with that shit. No, nah, and, and it, I really like that he would, the character remained true to himself without actually like, yep. you know, what I'm saying? without actually putting, putting himself, himself in, danger. in danger. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I really fucked with that for his character throughout the the series. And and one thing I love about this show is um the way they tell stories. The exposition happens so haphazardly through the the discussions that are had that I super, super appreciate that. There's not a lot of direct telling you what's going on. Mm-hmm. You're figuring out what's going on. And even at times as you're watching, or for myself as I'm watching it, I'm 
the storytelling, and this is not meant to be a disparagement, but it's very unclean. Like, it's very not straight line. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I enjoy that uh, very much about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's... At times, you might even be wondering what the motivations of any individual character are. And I think I've said this about um, Dota, mm-hmm. um, that which uh, I'm not sure. Is that the same studio that makes those? I don't believe so, no. no? Okay, but yeah, the storytelling has a, has a similar vibe to me as Dota, but um, it's one that I think is very fitting for not only the, um, the anime format, but for this story in particular, because there's so many motivations. You know, like Mizrak has, you know, he has his his genuine faith as juxtaposed to like the abbot's <laughs> false faith you know what i mean and the abbot has his own um even though i it, it, i love how like it seems like he has motivations but it's in the end it comes off as just not nah, this is just this man's brazen cowardice you know what i mean <laughs> selfishness being brought to the being disguised by you know righteous indignation so i love that i love the overlay of history even though i will say that i didn't mind it as much, but I noted that it was kind of on the forefront of my mind, is that if you want to write a slave story, I'm kind of over historical references of slave stories. Like That's one thing I thought that Final Fantasy 16 did well, was how to write a, a story about slavery without <laughs> making direct historical parallels. I found that much more palatable, but, I mean, of course, Castlevania's got enough fantasy to kind of entertain you no matter what, what it's bringing to the table, but I definitely noticed that, because I could see that... um it was it was it was something that jumped off the paper at me quickly. You know what I mean. But um, other than that, man, I thought it was it kept in line with the other Castlevanias. It was very entertaining. Action was on point. The characters were creative. The um, yeah, the interactions I really were liked dope. Um, the story of uh, Annette and Edouard. Like mm-hmm. their story was was very very dope. I I really like fucking Annette's powers. Her powers. Oh, her powers. Super gangster. Dope. Very dope. And and her whole fighting style was really good. And I really like that um, uh, in their story, how uh, uh, I sort of remember like this thing in writing, you never give the audience what they want, right? Mm. So w- when when they first made it to Edouard, I like that you had all that buildup, but she finally made it to him. Mm-hmm. And then the audience knows it's him, and then she realizes it's him. But in that moment, she does something that like pretty much makes it, uh, a rescue impossible. So I, I, I really like that. They get you right there, and then they pull you apart in an organic way. So, you know, we're going to go into heavy spoilers because it's really good, and I want to talk about it, and it's worth watching despite anything we say about it. Like, it's just visually striking and a really well-put-together story. So I would say watch it. But, like, that scene where she is resigned to... Put him out of his put misery. Put him out of his misery. Only to realize that he's still in there. Yeah. And then feel the regret. Yeah. Oh, that man. Was a great scene. To come to the point of being willing to do it and then pull back from the ledge. Oh, you yeah. got to live with it now. She was like, you yo, my bad. That. I thought that's what you wanted. Yo, my guy. It's <laughs> so well done. You know, yeah. yeah. And the way, like, um, he shrinks away from her yes. in that moment it was very heartbreaking, too. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Oh yeah, so yeah, um, just so many really great visual scenes yeah, like that. That that was a really well well earned and well established moment. Yes, which I, made their reunion at the end like even much mm-hmm. more when he was just like, nah, it's just not time yet. Yep. Um, and and then to see him come to his full own, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite parts of Isaac's storyline, is watching 
watching him converse with the night beasts only to find out that they're still sentient and they're not tools and they're not toys and it's yeah and then that's he creates just like a how whole art, evil uh, yeah see them. yeah he creates like a whole nation of them motherfuckers yep and so um oh man i can't wait to see um well so we find out throughout expositions that this is 300 years after the end of the last one mm-hmm. and um these are the descendants of cypher and and uh trevor um and so, yes, uh, I wonder where Isaac's nation is now, now that you mention it. You know what I mean? Like, is there going, is is that how they end up fighting Bathory? Because she ascended, my G, full on. <laughs> I mean, Alucard showed up at the end, so. Which, like, they had, you know, I love, the, uh, there's no how, cliches. That's the, the turnaround right there. You see very little cliche throughout it, so I did not mind the just, like, I'm here, bitch, killer. Ah! Yeah, no, that was really well done. Like, um, and I, what I really liked about it too is sort of like right up to that last moment, I was like, "Is it Orlox? Is it Orlox?" Is Orlox like, "Nah, nigga, I've already told you." I, that nigga made his choice. I'm out. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Orlox is out. I'm out. This bitch. Everybody gets one. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I saved him from himself one time. Which I, you know, I liked all all Roxes. Fighting style, like he was a very competent melee fighter. He had yeah. his transformation. Yo, that big ass fucking dr- uh, dragon form was sick, bro. bro. It's uh, I think it's like a Quetzalcoatl because he's a Native That's American. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, he's a Native American, and that was a thunder serpent, I believe. But it looked so dope, dude. Yeah, that shit uh, was super fresh. And then he had um his mist form he was fighting in, bro, with the lightning strikes. That was like, yo, I'm like this guy all rocks, man. I would not want to fuck with him. Yeah, but dude, oh my goodness, Richter's moment when he. Yeah, when you met Grandpa and powered up. How, well, prior to that, when he was like, when he took out that one um, vampire aristocrat, and he, he threw out his line, I'm Richter Belmont, I kill fucking vampires, <laughs> and he sees all rocks, he's like, get the fuck out of here! Everyone, it's all over! <laughs> Game over, man. Bro. Game over. <laughs> it was too good. Like, oh, man, so man, many that scenes. That was great juxtaposition right there. It was so well done, because, like, as I said, this fucking voice actor is just serving. Just yeah. serving, dude. Because to go from that level of bravado to that level of utter panic. Like he totally lost character. Everything broke. My man ran till his till he got to water and couldn't run no Bro, more. Man. Bro, that was for someone who literally seemed like whether they felt it or whether they were hiding it, had never outwardly shown fear for the last 18 years. You know what I mean? Or 10 years, however long his mom had passed away. I thought it was like 18 years or something like that. Um, but yeah, dude, like great performance. Yeah, definitely. Really well done. Um, juiced. <laughs> his whole story was fucking classic. How he let himself be captured to see if his grandson would awaken. That was a whole lot. I was like, yo, my guy. First of all, that's dangerous shit. These vampires had every intention of killing both of you. But you're like, yeah, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, because you notice how he slipped the chains off as soon as Richter awakened, right? I mean, it didn't seem that way to me. It looked like he just, like, happened to break out. You know what I mean? He, no, no, he just slipped them bitches. Yeah, like, yeah, I see it. Like, I, I remember the scene, but I still don't get the impression that that was his plan. It didn't. The scene didn't come off that way for me. Well, no, I mean, I'm saying from that moment, clearly he had the ability to escape, and I'm making suppositions on his uh, motivations based on the fact that he he was he clearly allowed himself to be restrained by the um by the vampires. But, you know, who knows why he could have done it. Um, but yeah, dude, Juiced is, is his interactions with Richter, I think were very, uh, salient. They have a very similar, um, uh, personality. 
Yeah, I, I, I think all the, rec- the the Belmont men all have pretty much the same personality. Mm-hmm. It's all the same, like, devil-may-care sort of attitude, you know? It's just the difference between them is just how much pain, sort of, where on the pain scale <laughs> yes. they are that determines when, how When they far, awaken, yeah. Yeah, just, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, I did, know, I did l- really, really appreciate the similarity I- <laughs> in between the Belmont men. After he, uh, after he, uh, Richter, uh, regained his magic, I absolutely was like, oh, this is Dante Belmont right now. <laughs> this is Dante Belmont with the, with the, uh, uh, the Ifrit gloves. Yep. I was like, yo, that, that fighting style was so dope. I yeah, love that. I, I really like the, um, the way how he seamlessly, like, um, puts on the ice on different parts of his body as he's Yes. Has defense, bro. Yeah. Ultimate defense, dog. That's what they call it in Naruto. It's the ultimate defense. You can't hit him, bro. Every time you make contact, you just crystallize his ice to block it, yo. That was a really dope use of it. Um, yo, man, I, you know, it was interesting because I tend to find that the aristocrat, like overlord mastermind, you know, it, it's a trope that is usually a mask. You know what I mean? But Elizabeth Bathory don't look to be no joke, man. Yeah, she's a very powerful she was, vampire, she's a legitimate god for real. For now real. she, she wasn't yeah. just talking that bullshit. Nope. And so I'm interested to see where that goes. Because I don't, I mean, Dracula never made it to be that powerful, did he? No, but she's different, though, right? Because they mm. specifically said that she drank the blood of a god. Oh, yes, of Kemet, yes. So, you know, like how that happened, I don't know, but it clearly did something special to her. Because I, there wasn't even anything specific that happened. She just went to the cathedral, mm-hmm. summoned some some mysterious orb shit and then the moon fucking and then the eclipse happened yeah like, she was already so like, enough to do that so yeah why did you oh i guess because she wanted to do the whole ceremony i don't get why See, she needed to there's wait something about for that those specific sacrifices. moment there's something about those sacrifices so there was a little bit of an exchange between her and her um and i can't pronounce her name it starts with a t um yeah yeah i know the one you're talking about but her lead um, general vampire drolta um, drolta zuentis yeah um and she's like when they were going to offer Marie, and she was like, yes, are you a virgin? And then the mother offers herself, and then she refers to the general and says, doesn't it need to be a virgin? And she's, the general seems to just kind of, you know, disregard that as like, nah, it was just something that we did. It could be anyone of, of significant power. Yeah, and, it seemed to be, um, yeah. uh, what's your face's preference? Yeah, seems to be uh, preference, preference more than and so that else. was part of yeah. I think that that was just part of the ceremony, and Bathory is actually learning about this secondhand. You know what I mean? Like the general is actually a conduit for her to travel the uh, uh, the route of power to um, get all of Kemet's power, um, which is awesome, man. She when she drank the blood of Kemet, she got a fucking dope ass army and superpowers. My guy, that's a that's a twofer. That's a twofer. So yeah, dude. Uh, Bathory is a really interesting um, villain, uh, which, you know, uh, as I said, I don't typically think that the aristocrat villains hit for me aesthetically, but she definitely is. She took the cake, man. I really enjoy what the what this studio does with um, the vampire, uh, with the uh, Castlevania lore. I think it's super dope. Yeah, I really like her aesthetic, too. Her outfits are always super dope. Dude, I fucking, I don't know why, but having that mournful dirge that Edward was singing throughout the second half of the um the uh the season because pretty much he was constantly singing throughout uh the uh the scenes where they're inside of the castle it was really moving to me 
I actually really enjoyed that backdrop. And it wasn't even just the ambiance. Like, I enjoyed the vocal quality of the person who was singing. Like, it was, I thought that that was a really great character. Edward, one of my favorites, you know, um, in terms of just interesting characters. Like, you know, he wasn't very badass. He kind of went out like a chump. Um, like, my nigga, like, how are you going to lose a foot race, dog? Like, that's, usually running should have been, you know, I mean, something you were, were good at, but we all go there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he went out in a rough way, but the character, especially his night creature form, I thought it was really interesting with the hands that were permanently covering his eyes, like yeah, some Guillermo del Toro shit. Yeah, dude, some Pan's Labyrinth type shit. Um, but yeah, I thought Castlevania hit very, very well for me. I'd probably give it a solid eight, soft nine. Um, out of what is the season five, season four, season four? I think this would be season four. four. Yeah. Yes. Um probably ah man it's just such a high pedigree because i really enjoy this show um but it's up there for me i'm not sure what, where it would rank in the other seasons but yeah because they all range between eight and nine for me i don't think that it has had a miss yet um but yeah dude it feels like a part one you know what i mean because like when alucard showed up it was just like now now the game is afoot yeah because it is the part one you know it's it's uh it's Richter's chapter of the story. It's Richter's opening chapter. Mm-hmm. So yeah, dude, Alucard, man, he yeah that like his very deadpan um delivery of all of his lines. I I it, it's very entertaining. Yo, my nigga's like yo, my name is Alucard, instead of Dracula. And you can step to me if you want to, but I don't kill a thousand other other ones of you motherfuckers. I wish Much one of you would. Yes, and they were like, you know what? Hey, I think I left some shit in the oven, money. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, they did slid. They slid. <laughs> like, they slid real quick. Look at the time. Look at the time. Oh, you know, we should go let Bathory know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know Such a time with the information. Important. You know, gotta relay this message for sure. Yeah. Fuck uh, that though. I'm not gonna be the one to deliver the message. You deliver the message, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay out here and watch you deliver the message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was um a little bit surprised that Dracula had fallen out of knowledge. I didn't realize like that was like an like a secret war. You know what I mean? Like I didn't realize like. You know that wasn't carried on in history in history in that area. <laughs> kind of made sense. A lot of the people were probably either dead or traumatized by him. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, because yeah, they did. They, they transformed a significant portion of the area into oh, <laughs> Night, yeah. Night Beasts, mm -hmm. um, and then Isaac uh, took them all into his nation. Which ah, I mean, that is probably one of my biggest things that I can't wait because Isaac's storyline was my favorite last time. So. I absolutely want to know what happened to his nation because we've been finding out tidbits of what's happened to everyone else. You know what I mean? Like, I'm very much looking forward to I'm hoping that they actually cover it if they do. Um, but yeah. Man, I would suck if it were like... Monster Hunters were just like, yeah, there's a nation of night beasts. We're just going <laughs> to fuck that up. It's an abomination. Yeah. It's an abomination. an affront to God. Gosh. Man, this show is so irreverent towards religion and I love it. Right? I love it so much. Yeah, they stay shitting on the Abbott, bro. Bro, there is absolutely nothing more dangerous to the world than an Abbey with a corruptible Abbott. Mm -hmm. An Abbey with a corruptible Abbott is a fucking conduit to hell, dude. And it's you know what's funny is that uh, Hollywood and cinema and, you know what I mean, loves to draw on that. <laughs> it's like, yo, your Abbott is weak, bro. It's going to be a wrap. Just letting you know. Devils be looking for that. Film, but um, <laughs> it would make sense why um, the trope of the Abbey is always like a stern, strong, powerful person. Because God forbid he's weak, 
It's going down. God done invested some power in you, and we want to go ahead and usurp that. <laughs> so, I mean, it's going to be the first pillar to fall. Yeah, man. Man, what a bitch made Forge Master, man. I had never <laughs> thought of, of, of a vampire using a Forge Master that is more pliable, especially given what happened with Walter and Isaac. It's like, yeah, it makes sense. You don't want a, a Forge Master with a huge amount of free will on his hands because uh, those guys are actually pretty strong. <laughs> Yeah, and they command unfortunately us. for the Abbey, though, he's not. he was borrowing all that power, right? That's the big difference between him and Isaac. And unfortunately, he was horribly ineffective at making Night Beasts. Like, mm-hmm. when he said a dozen, Isaac had mad fucking Night Beasts. That nigga was working. So, and mm-hmm. Walter, also, he also had a partner in crime, too. But yeah, And the Abbey, he's not an actual Forge Master. You know no. What I'm it doesn't seem like he actually gets the trade. No, no. He's just a dude he that sold it. his soul and got some shit from hell. And he was like, all right, yeah, I read the That's book. Right. I read the manual. Machine. I can do this. Yeah. He was using a machine. He wasn't using, like, an implement like yeah. the other guy. He's right. not an actual Forge Master. He's just a dude that, he's an operator is what he yeah. is. <laughs> he operates the machinery that creates uh, the, the Night Beasts. Hmm, that's interesting. That's interesting. I never, I, I hadn't actually thought very deeply about the different paths to power for Forge Masters because technically Isaac and 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 Walter, Walter, right? I mean Hector. I'm sorry, not Walter. Every yeah. time I said Walter, I meant Hector. Um, Hector and Isaac both actually sculpted uh, Night Beast differently. Mm-hmm. Like Hector actually like constructed them, whereas Isaac kind of sculpted them. You know, it's it's very different. Construction and sculpting is are different premises, you know what I mean? And now we have uh uh what was Abbott's name? Did we ever Uh I don't remember. It's inconsequential. The Abbott. Um, you know, they, once you watch it, there there will be no one else who can fit that description. But um yeah, he his path to power for creating night beasts was probably the weakest in that he just pulled a lever, you know what I mean? He had no mm-hmm. actual understanding of the sculpting of souls. Which is probably why he thought that he can control them in the end, which was like, nah, B, you don't make them for you. You know what I mean? Um, Isaac and Hector never gained control over the Night Beast until they got free will. Correct? Is that? Yeah. And so, um, oh, man. Such, yo, this team is doing such great things with the story. Because this is a very large expansion of the Castlevania story, to say the least. Like, I don't know as much about the 3D ones, but I don't remember it being this intriguing. Um, but yeah, Nocturne, definitely a worthwhile watch. I would highly recommend it. It flies by. Yeah, it does. You know, it's 23 minutes per, per episode, eight episodes, so under four hours. Um, but yeah, man, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. Was there anything else that you had uh, caught? No. All right. So Just some um, YouTube stuff. Dude, Gen V. We'll hop on that, and then we'll jump into some of these here topics. But Gen V. So I was randomly on social media, and um, I saw this tweet. Had no clue what it was about. Had no, no idea what it was dealing with. And so I'll start with the spoiler alerts for the first three episodes of Gen V. It's obviously, you know what I mean, surface-level spoilers, because the whole season isn't even released yet. But if you want to watch it, you know, fresh-eyed, then you might want to avert your ears for a little while. But, um... Yeah, I read this tweet, and it was like, bloodbending your period blood and killing your parents is one hell of a way to start a show. And I was like, okay, is this a new Avatar storyline that I was unaware of? You know, just assume, not realizing that it was a, an association, not a direct um, reference. Right, no context. Yes. And so 
Carolina has been asking me to watch Gen V all week, and I was like, oh, this is perfect timing. We're all sitting in here, you know, um, relaxing. Let me throw it on. Of course, like always, I regret it because Kendrick was sitting right there. And the first scene was like her going to sit on the toilet and like her blood coming out and her parents catching the bad end of a power awakening, man. And boy, oh boy, it was a hell of a way to start the episode. It was jaunting. And Caroline was like watching that. She was like, yo, wow. It was it was jaunting for her. And I was like, yeah, I can imagine. You know, what I mean, I don't I I don't know what it feels like to go through that, but having experienced what it's like going through that for the first time and just imagining your parents being dead at the end and your sister fucking seeing it all happen. Yeah. Very, very interesting intro to the uh to the um to the season or series in general. But um Gen V takes place after um season two of the boys. And so you do get a lot of fun callbacks to what's been happening with the characters. Um, a lot. Uh, they do a lot of exposition through the newscasts, and you see what happens. Um, vaguely, what happens to to, uh, to Homelander after uh, evidently he has um, he lets the intrusive thoughts take a hold of him on some protesters. You know what I mean? And uh, definitely, uh, I guess splatters them or kills them in some gruesome way but the news report says you're gonna be all right doesn't look like people were all too upset with them for it but um which i can imagine which i can imagine i could just totally see people like fanboying him so hard it's like those they deserved it. it was antifa totally see it I mean, they did do a season like they did do a scene like that in the last season the boys oh the, it was closed on a scene like they, that yeah, uh, yeah 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 when they attacked his Son, or the, when they accidentally mm-hmm. hit his son. Yep. No, no, it was on purpose. I think. <laughs> oh no, no, they, they <laughs> definitely purposely hit his son. So yeah, we we've seen we've seen him do that before. They mm-hmm. were cool with it. So yeah, so we get to see some more fallout from that throughout the news scenes, which is cool. Uh, I don't know what the creator's issue is with the shrinking power, but like the amount of times that they use that power for sexual gratification is a little bit disturbing. Like. That power is almost exclusively used for sexual gratification. I'm like, but why? Why Why do we have to always so graphically show the many people doing odd things? You know what I mean? But I guess that's just one of their, uh, it's one of their ways of keeping in the uh, less mature fans, I would say. <laughs> but uh, no, the show is really good. The main character that they're following um, is the aforementioned young lady with the um, bloodbending powers. And her... I guess her, I would call it her starlight rise. You know what I mean? Going from non, from superpowered non-superhero to trying to become a superhero to the disillusionment of realizing what Vought is to then realizing the secrets of Vought. You know what I mean? Like, that's a, that seems to be the general arc that they're going to follow with her. And um, the actress is really good. Um, I do not know her name. She actually reminds me of another actress that I do not want to mix her up with, so I don't want to put the name to it. But um, I got to find out her real name. But she's killing her role. Um, gosh, man, some of this—I I really enjoy how these directors go from comedy to horror to drama to to just various other because it makes it feel more real. You know what I mean? Life's not all funny. Life's not all horror. It, it 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 makes the show uh, the episodes very visceral, you know what I mean, and so I really appreciate that. Uh, goes you know to a romance scene, 
to like you know you get all of that in in i think relatively equal order and none of it's really like played for too much you know what i mean um pander you know because that's an issue because especially in shows that are particularly satire satiring um the way that media covers things it could get a bit pandery but i think they managed not to do that um one of the main um soups their power is to shapeshift and they choose to shapeshift between a male and female form and when they do it generates a like a psionic barrier around them that they can use to um to uh to like do projectiles and force fields and all kinds of stuff that they've gotten really good at, which I think is a super dope power. I was like, that's really fucking cool. And um, <clears throat> yeah, dude, it just that character and how, you know, it obviously has issues because, you know, Vaude is all about marketing and you can't market a transgender um soup. And so despite being one of the bravest and most powerful, continuously sidelined and stuff like that. Um, not to mention their relationship with their parents, things like that, like really fucking interestingly done. And and whenever it's done, it's relevant to the plot. It doesn't feel like you know, you know, ham fisted into the into the uh, into the storylines. And so, yeah, man, just that I found really interesting. Um, what else? They, like all of the characters I think have really interesting life dynamics that they bring to the table um, even though most of them involve exploitative parents abusing their children <laughs> that is like and I you know what that might be the through line as to why I'm always so invested it is like I, I always want to see a resolution to the child abuse storyline and I just realized like the, the entire basis of this show is child abuse you know what I mean? Like, I mean, Vaught got the parents to that's how drug you their get children. superpowers. Yeah, like Vaught, anyway. You know, I was like, ah, you know what? Just do that through, through discussing that. I kind of just realized something about why I connect to to the boy storyline so much because I I desperately want to see an end to the child abuse, and I really like am watching for that storyline. But um, yeah, dude, and, and so yeah, you get a lot of shitty parents in this this show, like a lot of shitty parents. And it's like, I really don't see, like, you do see them try to, like, humanize them a bit and show that there is some love somewhere deep down in this terrible desire to give their children powers to um, to have disproportionate advantage in this society. Um, there is some kind of perverse love in that. Um, but boy, man, it never lands. You know what I mean? It, it's like, oh, yeah, 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 I see that you love them, but no. You cannot do that to your kids. And then the worst part is, is like a lot of the parents know, like found out a few years after and was like, well, we're here. And it's just like, oh, you guys are the fucking worst, man. The fucking worst. And so, yeah, dude, that was, uh, you know, that's a, a very prevalent storyline throughout the beginning of this. Um, these first three episodes of Gen V. But the show's really good. Great action. Cool fight scenes. You know what I mean? Creative uses of powers. Creative uses of powers to fuck your whole life up. You know what I mean? Just like doing some shit, like doing a parlor trip trick and ending up killing someone by accident completely, you know, not meaning to do that. Like classic the boys. Classic the boys, bro. Ah. Uh, 
and in the work and I and they've gotten really good at working it into scenes where you absolutely aren't expecting it. Like everything in the scene is fine. You're seeing the direction of it, and now someone's dead, and everyone's like, "Holy fuck, what's going on? We need to get out of here." It's like, "Oh, dude, the panic." But you know, that's an interesting concept of like, what if our world was a lot less sterile? Like, what if it was genuinely that dangerous? You know, that would that's an interesting uh, perspective. You know, that that is kind of represented in these kids, but yet how they keep pushing. You know what I mean? Like, despite all the danger, they, like, they still live. It also seems like an allegory for drug use as well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of direct drug use as well. Yeah. They, they, they hit that allegory, I think, very saliently. And then they also kind of give you that direct, like, yo, don't do drugs, guys. Yeah. Don't do drugs. They will take your best traits and make them dangerous to other people. And so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like the dude that was high in the uh, animated one, the flying dude. Yes, yes, and he was trying to do a trick and ended up splatting himself. <laughs> yeah, oh, that happens a lot, man. It happens a lot. Um, but boy, oh boy, so good. I'm actually super enjoying it. I really like the the main character. I don't know, man. It really fucks my head up when people are just like, ah, another black female lead, and I'm like, I mean, it's, it's kind of part of the. St- story it's not like it's like guys do you just not want to see stories with those people in it that is correct okay yeah well then that's that conversation right there there's nothing else to be said you can't help that like guys i'm sorry but you're the minority by the way you know what i mean there's no amount of of faceless internet voices that's gonna convince me that the majority of people have no problem with black female leads even racist people because the shit is just genuinely entertaining and they're not the only characters in the show and so it's just like i really don't get it anymore it's like it's been decades guys like you gotta i don't know well you don't gotta do nothing actually you can stay ignorant and bigoted if you want that's on you (laughs) but you're you're missing out on some good shit because this show is fucking entertaining as fuck and it has a transgender person a black female lead and still managed to have some of the most giga chad moments that you'll ever see yeah, you know what I mean? Like, where the where, where they're doing, like, competitive brawling and, like, fucking dudes are ripping each other's arms off to impress the girls. Like, you'll get all of that. It's all it's all there, you know? You don't got to worry yeah, about it. Yeah, but the female lead is black, though, so. <sighs> and she has an unsanitary oh, no. power, dude. Blood bending? God, don't touch me. Can't deal with it. Dude, and they, that, I, that's one thing as well. Is that whenever they do those kind of weird over the top, like ultra leftist or ultra right wing uh, perspectives, they're never like ironic. They're always self aware. They don't ever just play those in the show, and then there's not a character representing someone who's clearly showing, like, nah, that shit is crazy, which I do appreciate because you can't leave that to the audience all the time. The audience is not as refined as the people creating it. <laughs> So, you you know what I mean? Sometimes you do have to give those messages kind of on the face of it because, you know, you, the alternative is to leave it open for people to appreciate things. Like like people who idolize Homelander. You know what I mean? Like that's not what they were doing with that character. And so um, I think that they kind of took that to heart and, and worked that into uh, their production because you definitely get a feel like it's a lot more self-aware than the original Homelander because, like, you, they sold that shit, man. They built that that villain perfectly, completely un uh, 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 unironic, you know. So yeah, that's that's dope. 
But uh, yeah, man, Gen V, worth a watch, man. I would highly recommend it. Great storyline so far. I'm, you know, as I always say, gotta stick the landing. You know, there are more episodes to come, so to to write something halfway through is folly. But um, absolutely enjoying it um, uh, up until this point. Uh, but yeah, is are are you into boys? Are you gonna check that out? I'm not into boys. Oh, okay. No worries. No, 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 no. We've spoken about that show before. However, mm-hmm. your phrasing was terrible, so I felt that I had oh. to add, address it specifically as you stated. Gotcha. <laughs> I apologize. Plausible moment. That was a pause moment for sure. Gotcha. You know I can own that one. My bad. I did. I, I was. I was on a train of thought, and I did not. I didn't. I did not uh, assess my 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 word choice. <laughs> that was funny. Wait, no. I don't. I've been planning to watch that. I just didn't get around to it. Yeah, 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 my bad. But um, yeah, the the boys, the TV show, has been <laughs> has been very delightful and entertaining to 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 consume. That's funny. But uh, yeah, man. So here, let's just go ahead and jump into some of these topics, cause man, let me tell you, the news has been building up, bro. All kinds of shit has been going on. Um, let's start with the WGA strike. The WGA strike, I think, uh, it has been ended. Contracts are on the table, ready to be signed. They've been approved by the leadership of both ends. Um, I believe that the WGA leadership has been in tune with its with its um constituents, and so it is very likely that this is to be ratified on their end. As long as shareholders don't tank this, the WGA strike ends, which I believe that the DGA strike, I think, is probably imminent because there's so much crossover in their membership. There's probably simultaneous contracts being drafted. Um, then we'll have the IATSE strike hopefully ending, which I believe that there's a solidarity strike. They're not actually waiting on any contracts because they subcontract and all of them make individual contracts based on their union, um, their union, uh, 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 MOUs, memorandum of understandings. And so, um, yeah, that'll, that'll end, you know, Teamsters will start delivering again. Um, and you know. There, I don't think that there was any major stoppages in the video game industry because um, SAG-AFTRA had asked um, their their um, voice actors, like prominent celebrity voice actors, to not go on set. But SAG-AFTRA is going to follow soon, I would assume. It is a substantial difference between the WGA demands and the SAG-AFTRA demands. SAG-AFTRA was very much more, um, they had a lot more to lose. They had a lot more demands. They have a lot larger of a constituency to, to coalesce, including a lot wider ranges of, you know what I mean? Like, they got starving actors and some the top build actors. <laughs> you know, they have, um, they have a, a, a very wide range of, of economic interests that they have to 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 reconcile. And so I think that they might have a little bit more um, issues finalizing their contract. But I believe that if, if they're willing to work with the WGA and the DGA, then, then they have to be wanting to work w- with... See, and that's just my idealism, honestly, because there is no guarantee that working with directors and writers is going to translate into them working with actors. 
is no guarantee on that. Um, you like right, or am I missing something on that? Do you think that there is a higher chance that they'll work with the actors now that they've um reconciled with with the administration? I mean, I don't really know, but if if I were if if the planning were left to me, then it would only be a matter of just retaining the solidarity. It doesn't matter. You need you need us. So it's like an all or nothing thing, right? If you approve That's, their yes. shit and you don't approve our shit, it doesn't matter. So the basis of the WGA strike yeah. was solidarity as well. Now they went into an actual work stoppage strike, but you're absolutely so I'm hoping that in the WGA uh, approving a contract that they were mindful to to make sure that everybody was at the table. I mean, even you at know? that point, like um, the leadership of all the guilds, like you shouldn't lose now because you smell blood in the water. They've already they've they they've bent over to the demands of that one. If you can't press them now and get them to get it, you ain't never gonna get them. Oh my goodness! If if the if they were able to drive a wedge between the WGA the DGA and SAG-AFTRA, that would be monumentally bad. Yeah, but I don't think they can because, as you mentioned yeah. before, like like 30 to 40% of them are all the same people. Yes. The huge amount of crossover in the constituencies would, I think, be... I don't think SAG-AFTRA is big enough to lose <clears throat> 20 to 30% of their membership because not only... Um, I'm, I'm not SAG-AFTRA, WGA, um, because actually in absolute value numbers, if... Let's say there's crossover of 400 members, maybe. I don't know. Um, that would be a much larger percentage of the WGA than it, uh, and DGA than it would be of SAG-AFTRA. You know what I mean? So it would behoove them not to alienate such large portions of their own um, constituency that has crossover there or even just show solidarity with the actors, you know? And, and so and you definitely don't want to lose now. Like you can't yeah. back down after what happened. You saw what happened in two thousand and eight, right? It just led you right to twenty twenty three. So if you were to back down now, pretty much you're just saying that you're you're, you're saying that I, I'll wait till later and make the fight harder, or mm -hmm. I'm never going to do it again. Those are essentially the the choices you're making by backing down at this particular juncture. Yeah, and and so yeah, that that's why I. It's good to have institutions because if this was an individual choice i would not have much faith in it like if it was one person's job to make that decision that one person is probably very corruptible and the resources of the studios to persuade them to do something that's not in everyone's best interest i think is very high but the fact that this is an institutional decision i think is very very good it's in everyone's best interest, you know what I mean? Because yeah, dude, ah, oh, I, I, if I could totally see some some fuckery happening if this was like an individual's choice, you know. And so yeah, that's that's one of those things. But yeah, um, WGA, uh, coming to to uh, negotiations with the studios, I think bodes well. I never wanted to see this. I, I do, while I, while I will identify that the noise engine and the entertainment industry slash media industry is one of the largest issues in this country, I would hate to see this country without it. This country would be, I, if people had the time and energy to dedicate to the things that are actually problematic right now in the state of mind that they're in, I don't know if that's in anyone's best interest. I don't know if that's in anyone's best interest.
So I'm glad that they're getting their shit together because we need those good movies to keep people placated until we can figure out what to do about the future. Because boy, oh boy, don't see that ending well. But um, yeah, we had that going off. Um, yeah, dude, there was this. Uh, the so you know that the Daily Show is looking for a new um host, correct? Right. They haven't after Trevor left. They haven't had a replacement. Which, you know, my, my vote goes to Roy Wood Jr. That man's been there, ready, willing, and capable. Um, that would have been my, especially given that, like, you know, they, they wanna they wanna play the diversity card. They wanna get somebody who's going to bring some clout to them, you know what I mean? Pander. And I think Roy is the not that he's pandery, but I think that Roy straddles that line perfectly well. He knows how to be genuine in his in his blackness and at the same time play the game. You know what I mean? And all of that being irrelevant, he's funny as fuck. My man is funny. And I don't know if you're a fan or familiar with Roy, but I fucks with him. You know what I mean? I, I enjoy his his comedy a lot. Um, but yeah, are you, do you know who he is? Yeah, we've talked about him before. Yeah, uh, and and so there's that. But anyway, of course Roy's not even in the running. <laughs> even though he has a regular segment on the show and they usually draw, I shouldn't say always, but they, they have in the past drawn hosts for, uh, for shows from that. Not directly to The Daily Show, but John Oliver, Stephen Colbert. Um, you know, they've all come from their, uh, their respective segments to be good hosts of shows. And so I think that, you know, it would make sense. But anyway, that's, that's, that's my rant. Um, so they, evidently they were considering Hassan Minhaj. For um, for for hosting, and I thought that that was also a good good choice. I think Hassan is actually pretty funny. Uh, I've watched a bunch of his um his specials. I think he does a good job of satirizing both sides of um you know our contemporary political and social uh, uh landscape. But uh, evidently, like everyone's been coming at him because he used to run this joke about a girl he wanted to go to prom with whose family discriminated against him and pressured her to do the same. And, and so, you know, I don't know. I'm under the impression that embellishment is the standard when it comes to comedic stories. Like, I don't expect any comedian to tell a, a, a story beat for beat. You know, like when Burt Kirshner tells that story about the machine, I'm I'm assuming it's not beat for beat. You know what I mean? I'm assuming that he's embellishing in places where it helps. And maybe the arc, you know, is the only thing you could hold him to. Like, did you even go to Russia? I think the big mm -hmm. difference with him is that he, like, explicitly beforehand had led people to believe that those things were true. Whereas Morris Comedian, like, you're automatically... It, who, it, it is kept within the... Um, Hassan Minhaj is specifically... Um, uh, uh, contextualize some of the uh, more sensationalist stories about his life as true. When did he do that? I'm from different specials that he's been in, like a lot, not a lot, but a oh, few but of the story of the performance. Like, I, like if has he off camera, like in an interview, not off camera, but obviously, like not in production. I don't know. I, I have no footage oh, okay. of him off camera. You know what I mean? But. Okay. Um, it, well, that was not, I, I also like, see not other comedians have also called him out for the same thing, too. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it is what it is, though. I mean, I'm, I don't but, really fuck with Hassan Minhaj like that, so one way or the other. Yeah. I I, I feel, well, because since I've actually watched his specials and, and, and stuff like that, 
um, that I, he doesn't say that he delivers the story like it's true. Yes, obviously, because it's, I, it, I, if it's not a volatile story that's going to, because I don't think that that's particularly volatile. Talking about racism in America is kind of like the water we swim in. So I didn't think it was volatile enough for him to have to give a, um, a disclaimer that this is not true. You know, um, now I will say that the one thing I did find in fault, and so just to, to finish the story, he tells the story. Um, and now that it's coming out that it's an embellished story, uh, Comedy Central is now not no longer considering him for hosting. So that's the long and short of that. But um, throughout the course of this, during one of his shows, he actually, like, as a prop, which he frequently does, he has a screen behind him that puts up images that also uh, are, you know, in reference to his story, and he puts up a, a Facebook post that, that she makes, and he very poorly blurs her face out. Now Who's she now? I'm sorry? You said that she makes, but no, you never She made the she? Facebook post. He posted it but she i'm just saying but you said she but you never pre-established who the she was so okay, she's so just the random person on facebook no no the 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 um girl who is from the story ah, that he gotcha. wanted to go to prom with gotcha. later in life makes a facebook post i'm sorry i did not clearly um uh explain that makes a facebook post that he uses as a prop during his show while he's telling the story he's uh, you know blurs her face but people are fucking weird and I'm not sure exactly why, but his fans found this person through using that, that prop image that he had. That's problematic. That's, that's where I feel like he's gone a little bit too far. Um, it's as a professional, he should know better than to use a real image of that person. You know what I mean? Because of the un and what I believe to be the professional understanding of all comedic stories are embellished. You know what I mean? And maybe in, um, in like interviews and stuff, if they want to elucidate where the, the, the reality and where the fiction is in that, that's cool. I listen to that. But I genuinely don't take anything they say on stage seriously. Um, and, I, and I think that that's just a better way to consume comedy um, because you can, Taking them seriously it will mostly just result in your own frustration, you know? Because they'll walk back anything. They're comedians. I mean, it is what it is, right? You could go to a comedy show and take that shit seriously <laughs> if you want to. But, you know, that's just if you want to miss the entire point, which a lot exactly. of people do do that. So, yes. you know, if that's what you want to do... You this is America, bro. I see people be miserable. I see on purpose, people all the time. manually enter miserable. Yeah. Manually entering misery. If you want to pay for a comedy special, let that be mad the entire time you're at it. Then do your thing. Bro. Com comedians still getting paid, so. Exactly. And most of the time, you're paying them directly to go into misery mode. And so, yeah, it's just one of those things. But. I just was a little bit surprised. I, I, was a little, I was a lot of bit surprised that his fandom is so fucking toxic that they actually felt it necessary to go out of their way to find this girl. That, problematic. Hassan's behavior in terms of using the image of the girl, problematic in my opinion. 
I just don't find that the embellishment of a story in a comedy show to be something that I we feel like be. there has to be something more than that because as you mentioned, every comedian embellishes his story. So what's yeah. so specific about Bernie Mac specifically ain't had no sister when he made his show that made that right? I feel like there has to be something more behind that than just the fact that he embellishes story because that is literally the basis of storytelling. Of storytelling, it's comedic comedy. storytelling. So yeah. there, to me, it seems like there has to be something else behind it. Yes, that's not being stated because that's all they said in their statement and it just doesn't feel right because not for nothing, that's worse than how they even treat niggas. Like, niggas be making up stories all the fucking time and I've never seen someone, except for Jesse Smollett, no one's gone, you know, like, lost anything for making up stories as far as I've seen. You know what I mean? And Jesse Smollett made up a real stupid story to tell to people. You know what I mean? And so I just don't get why, unless there's something else behind it. And that I could see. That I could see. Um, it could be any number of things. It could be any numbers of types of discrimination. You know what I mean? Like, it could be any number of things. But because you choose to be in that field and seek to be in those circles, you gotta recognize that, yeah, dude, it's... It, it's like it's like the soups who who want to be superheroes so bad, so they go to Vault Academy only to find out that it's trash, and then they're like, "Well, fuck it, I kind of chose this." So they start to go down the road, and then they realize, like, "Oh man, no, nah, this is totally fucked." Unless you just play along all the, all the way through. I think Hassan's starting to realize, like, he wanted to be in this upper echelon celebrity uh, uh, sphere, and he's getting treated like how brown people get treated. It, Muslim brown people get treated in upper echelon celebrity spheres. Like, I'm sorry, my guy, but you do have to understand that there's people who can and will discriminate against you and it has nothing to do with your talents and quality. Now, if you don't have a plan to deal with that, you know, I, I unfortunately don't know how to help. You know what I mean? Because while as much as I would agree that those things shouldn't matter, they they shouldn't matter in our head. They do matter in reality, you know? And so I just, because I, do, I don't see that as a genuine statement that, ah, you made up that story too much. You embellish it too much. Listen, everyone, and I'm not even mad at people who think that that's bad, other comedians that don't like it, completely within their rights. None of that should have, I think, substantive weight in in his career you know what i mean because those are all opinions what he did was well within the range of i think comedic standard um but yeah dude i thought that that was real that was a toughie for me um because i generally do like his comedy i do think it's very disingenuous to tell stories like that use real props of that person and it be that far embellished which, by the way, they're like, oh, she's with an Indian man now. And it's like, that don't mean shit. You could still be very racist and be with somebody who's of the ethnicity that you disparage. Completely okay. That is a thing, by the way. Um, but yeah, dude. I don't know. Um, and so I, I think you were elucidating that earlier. But your opinion on the embellishment of, um, of comedic stories or, or storytelling in general for public. Hey, when I, go to, when I listen to a comedian, I give a shit about one thing. Are you funny? Yes? Awesome. No? Probably stopped listening ages ago. Yes, which is why I'm like, 
why is you know it's it sucks that it's just it's having such a a negative um impact on something that whether I value or not he values he wants to be the uh I'm assuming he wants to be in the running for the the uh hosting of the daily show um which would be an accolade for him for sure you know and so it just sucks that just in doing his job in a way that is is generally acceptable to the to to his coworkers and peers now he's being targeted that way you hate to see it you know even if you should expect it you still don't want to see it you know and i and i really feel bad that or i don't feel bad but i i wish that people who would who are interested in being in those spaces were just a little bit more realistic with themselves because you know i'm sure that you know in in uh, hassan's personal life he loves to think of how progressive and how far past so much racism and discrimination we are. But in situations like this, you know what I mean? And to want to be in those rooms kind of requires you to, to think that, to think that those things that were so fat, far past those things, only for you to find out in, in practice, we're not. You know, that, there's a ceiling there for you. You know, and it has nothing to do with anything that you're bringing to the table, you know, of your individualism. But yeah, I thought that that was uh, an interesting one. But yeah, I, I, I never want to see somebody get disparaged for for doing their job within normal parameters. And, and, and that's not cool. But yeah, man, there's been some other wild shit going on, dude. Did you hear what's going on in Ohio? I did not. Bruh, this is the kind of shit that makes me feel like, yeah, there's no way that I could put my my child into public schools with the kind of stuff that goes down. Now, this is in Ohio, but I think it's indicative of a, a, a general rot that's in our, our education system as it's disseminated across the board, across the country. Because a thousand children have gone missing in Ohio in the last month. One it's really fucking high thousand. number. Dude. Now, of course, it's probably over a thousand if they're saying a thousand, because there's no way that that exactly one thousand children were kidnapped unless you're trying to fucking make a blood ritual or something. You know what I mean? Like exactly one thousand. You know what I mean? Because I can shit, one hundred would have been too high. That's just weird, Bruh, A dozen would have had me flipping. You feel me? That's crazy. Never mind the evenness of the thousand. That's a fuck ton of kids. And it's a kids across the spectrum. It's mostly black and Latino children, but I saw some white children in there too. And it's and I'm just like, yo, how is this not a national fucking story right now? Well, kind of answered it right there, <sighs> dude. It's that... mostly black and Latino children. It's so fucking scary, man, and and it and I and I try, I I vehemently try to do my best to to integrate Kendrick into society as best as I can, without engrossing him in it in such a way that he can get swept away with it and just disappear, and it's just me and his mom looking for him. Like I could not imagine. That happening 1,000 times in a month in a functioning society. Yes, yeah, insane. And people are just going about... It, it, it blows my mind that this is the state of American society. It's, it's really problematic. 
and there's no amount of financial ramification, uh, ratification. There's no amount of big government, you know, infrastructure, global military dominance that's going to reify a society that loses a thousand kids a month. Like, listen, people could call me helicopter. People could call me overbearing. People call me whatever the fuck you want. But I'm not letting that kid out of my sight until I'm confident he could take care of himself. Because let me tell you, bro, this society is fucked, man. That's so depressing. It's so depressing, man. A thousand parents are looking for their kids right now in one state alone. And I mean, that's not even to say that this whole time that this has not been a problem. But the, the fact that it's now becoming public knowledge and we aren't organizing tooth and nail to get back to a, a, a normalcy that includes no children disappearing on a regular basis? <sighs> this fucking country, man. And, and, and that, this is not just Western culture rot. This is America. Because this don't happen in other places. Where you have... Those kids went missing in Mexico. The government abducted them. They, the government still didn't have the balls to not report on it. They knew what they they knew that they were the ones who fucked up, but they at least acknowledged that the humanity of their citizens would not permit them to ignore 43 children missing abducted. I think it was 43 children. I'm not sure. It's probably more in Mexico um, that were abducted from their school and then later found to have been slaughtered by the... Um, by the military forces. There is an outrage there that I just don't see here. And that's fucking really, really scary. You know? It's really scary that people are more fucking concerned with the kind of shit they talk about on the Republican debate stage than the fact that, yo... Not even your kids are safe. Just to let you fucking know. It's wild to me. You know, it's just, I don't know, man. I, I don't even know what to say about that story, dude. Because we don't got no information. I'm not speculating on people's lost kids. And, and, and I just can't understand why this isn't a fucking national travesty going on. Why, why every public official responsible for making sure things like this don't happen isn't under intense scrutiny. Because how the fuck does this happen under your nose? A thousand kids. Bro. And I, and, 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 and I, don't, I don't know if this is a thousand in one month or if this was just like they, this, they aggregated it this month, but these kids have been missing for a while. I don't know. But there should not be a thousand children unaccounted for in one state. Period. Over a month's time... Or over a 10 years time, there shouldn't be, you know what I mean? Yo, that's like passing our national averages. We could look these numbers up. The FBI keeps a tracking of missing children. It is one of the few things that we can trust them to do. This is passing our national averages in one state. So, anyway. There's not a whole lot to be said about this. Keep your ears to the ground. I will try to keep people abreast of it, but please protect your children. They are not safe. They're only as safe as you can make them. 
but yeah, that one was fucking not not really that that was not an encouraging one for me. Um, but moving on from that, uh, dude, <laughs> why North Korea sent homie back like that, bro? Yo, so the American servicemen who in July fled to North Korea, fucking evidently has been immediately turned around and sent home. Now, yes, that happened in July, but you do have to understand he fled to a country whose most advanced form of of transportation is rail travel. So it took him a while to get it where he needed to go, but as soon as he got to Pyongyang, they said, this is the nigga? Get him out of here. They sent him to China. Put his ass on a train to China. I think it took him a week or two to get to um Beijing. China immediately sent him back. Yo, do you... I've never heard of America. And you know how hard it is for them to get an American back from North Korea? <laughs> like, it's taken political fights, prisoner trades... They sent that nigga back for the free on their own dime. Yo, we don't even want to pay for this dude, bro. Bro, Dave Chappelle wasn't lying when he said black people are not good hostages. You can't even make a hostage of yourself, bro. Like, I'm pure, it doesn't even seem like they tortured him from no. They sent that nigga back in good health. Mm-hmm. They didn't even torture that nigga, bro. They didn't even want no information from him. Like, you a private nigga. You don't got nothing to tell us. Yo. And it seems like, <laughs> you know what it is? The fact that he's a dick and an idiot is probably <laughs> visibly transparent. That's probably really, really what it is. Because even prior to that, he had just gotten in trouble for, like, assaulting, assaulting civilians South yeah. in South Korea and something else. Like, he had just gotten out of trouble, like, for doing really goofy shit. Mm-hmm. So he probably got over there and they were just like, yo, this dude's fucking useless, bro. Bro, our American servicemen, unfortunately, due to social media, are not looking good, bro. It's not looking good for America. I saw a fight between two army guys, and I was like, you know what? I don't know. Maybe we should send them to war. Maybe we should just let their decisions take care of them. Because these guys, oh, my gosh. I mean, in their defense... It's 2023, nigga. We don't fight with fucking fists. What are you talking about? You're doing it so wrong <laughs> if you're fighting with fists in 2023. Oh, man. Drones, baby. Yo. Man, let me tell you, dude. Yeah, dude. What are these ground soldier children good for? I mean, do they just do all rifle training and they learn to run down on people with rifles? Because, boy, oh, boy, it doesn't seem like many of them can 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 uh, defend themselves if they, if they get into a, a melee situation. Yeah, I mean, you know, we have a gun. I have a couple guns. Uh, I got a service pistol. I got a knife. None of that requires me to punch you. Yeah, you got a gun and a battle buddy, bro. If like that shit that you see in um, uh, what's the name of that fucking show? Uh, Saving Private Ryan with that scuffle with the with the Nazi and the yeah, yo, yeah, bro, yeah, yeah. If if it ever, we don't fight those types of wars anymore. You know, there are no real ground troops anymore. It's only special forces that are having hand to hand combat with the enemy. Wow. You either shoot the enemy from far away. Or somebody else shoots the enemy from far away with a bigger gun. <laughs> or position yourself so someone else can shoot them. Yeah, I mean, like nah, like, like mm-mm. wow. Small arms, I never large arms that. fire. We, we, their ground wires aren't a thing anymore. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't think about that because I do know in the um, in the academies, 
they do make you go through combat, like hand to hand combat training. Yeah. But yeah, in basic training and regular basic too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, in basic, that's all you get is the basic. Like they don't go anywhere past that, evidently, right? They just they you know, they don't Yeah, con- it, continue. in order to get combatives, you either have to be in a special unit that teaches combatives mm. or a special MOS that uses combatives. It's gotcha. not something that's commonly taught to and every that's soldier. A, like what small percentage of it like 10 percent? pretty much if you're not infantry or um like special forces like i mentioned if you're not like infantry or any one of the other combat mos's i think mps might learn it as well but beyond those you'd have to be like either special forces or some sort of special type of military to learn that so outside of just being you know physically uh in shape the average serviceman is probably not a fist uh, gonna do anything in the fisticuffs (laughs) I mean, pro- if not if they if they don't have an interest in fighting beyond what they're taught, the military gotcha. doesn't teach you to fight. They teach you marksmanship and you know troop movements and shit like that. That shows how little I knew. I thought that like nah, yo, they trade all they trade they all these niggas know judo. <laughs> all these niggas will ball you up if you fuck with them. That's what was my impression. I obviously don't know much about the actual mechanics of of being through the military's training, but yeah, well, I mean, you just don't need it anymore. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but but what about my mental image? <laughs> I mean, that's the beauty of a mental image. You I know. can do whatever you, you want know, it to be. I, I think you could fight. You don't got to be able to fight if I think you can fight. Somewhere. That's actually so, so true. And Boy. if... and. At the end of the day, you just pull the Indiana Jones. You feel me? A nigga break out in his stand and turn his whip and shit. Just whip the Thule out, bro. Like... Why we're you can't leave basic training without passing marksmanship. You feel me? <laughs> Damn, that's that's, that's the one that they make sure that you ones. Have. So yeah, like I don't. Yeah, that's another thing. You're also not supposed to be anywhere by yourself. So if if both you and your battle buddy allow the enemy to get in close range of you and you can't use your weapon anymore, man, you're you're probably not. You're, you're probably you're bad at this. <laughs> you're probably not an infantry soldier. You probably shouldn't be where you are currently. Most likely. Yeah. So yeah, that's that I thought that, that was funny, man. Dude, it was a bad idea to run to North Korea and not Russia in the first place. But then again, Russia's probably no no more welcoming of black people either. So it's just like, dude, nah, bro. as a hey, black man. person, there's no place for you to run. Now, they know that dude is whack cuz Korea is like one of the dream assignments for any young soldier, you feel me? So yeah. the fact that he fucked it up that colossally to the fact where he felt that he needed to run away to North Korea. Ugh. Reminds me of um uh, uh one of my battle buddies when I was in fucking when I was in the army he came in in E three and got demoted like three times within six wow. months. Feel me? You know you just can't help some soldiers, especially young people. Especially you can only they're gonna do what they want to do. You can tell them as many times. You can take their rank. You can take their money. But until they're willing to learn, they just oh, keep yeah. fucking up. That's one thing. I, that's one thing I've realized about people is like you know you can't force anyone to do anything. You can mm-hmm. coerce them, but you can't force them. And guess what? If they they still have a choice in that, you know. And as you said, they have to choose to want to be. They have to genuinely see an issue with what they're doing. Because if not, dude, dude, you can beat them till they're on the inch of death. If they don't see what what they're doing is wrong, they're gonna repeat the behavior. There's no amount of it. Man, it's just running from consequences. <laughs> America's persecuting me. If they're racist in America. They're like, get your ass the fuck up out of here. Like, but you know that's what he tried to do. Oh, you're talking about the guy who ran to North Korea. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah he, he tried to pull to that do. shit. 
I was like, bro, no. Like, get the fuck out of here. We don't give a fuck about your racism. Nigga, we racist too. The fuck? Like, that's what, that's, that's what I was about to say. I was like, even if we he was right. Stupid ass. The fuck even if here. all those charges against him were trumped up, and, and I don't put that past the fucking military. I, I, it could be complete, but you make yourself look guilty when you run to, when you claim that there's racism and then you run to another racist place as if they're not going to be racist to you. Like, bro, what are you doing? That Yo, doesn't even make sense. You know, black people don't even exist in the country. Yeah, <laughs> like, bro. And now yeah, for nothing, you know how bad bro. it is? And this is just a story I heard from a friend of mine who had frequented Korea several times. He was like, you know, Korea is not the most accepting and diverse place. No, it's not. It's just as Asian as every other country in that respect. But they aren't super bigoted. And so there is like areas where everyone who likes diversity and foreigners and particularly black people kind of congregate. If you want to go someplace where you feel welcomed and don't feel like you're, you know, uh, uh, a spectacle. There's a place for you to, to go, dude, and and I'm pretty sure that that he had access to that, and he oh, chose. Yeah, yeah. He was just to there. be outside of the places that were open to he him. He was just there and got kicked the fuck out. Is probably what happened, bro. And that's that's really hard to do because I've seen, yo, know, like when I was in Japan, they'll just watch you commit crimes as long as they feel like it's not going to have a lasting effect. Like if they feel like they can just let you go and never see you again, they absolutely will. They absolutely will. It does not pay for them to actually get mad enough at you to force consequences on a situation. You have to work for that shit. You know what I mean? And 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 while they're not homogenous, there is a general cultural homogeny of of uniformity that that goes throughout the cult, the Asian nations. You know what I mean? Like everyone's just like, "Can we get by without fucking everything up?" That's what we're going to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a I just can't see how you go to South Korea and manage to fuck it up that much when you have nothing to do, really, because you're in the military. There's a very limited amount of things you can do. But nah, he found all the things that could fuck his whole life up. Ain't that a bitch. Yo, can I get the list of all the wrong things to do while in South Korea? Yep, and I'm going to do that and then run to North Korea. That was at the top of the list of yeah, things that, that you can do I'm to fuck up your life in South Korea. <laughs> that was at the top of the things not to do list in South Korea is cross the DMZ into oh, North well, Korea. That, any, any goodwill he might have had, because now South Korea is going to openly ask for him to get um, consequences. Oh, yeah. Then he can get the fuck out. Yeah, no, I think that they will pursue some kind of litigation. Crossing that DMZ is the most massive of no-nos. There is no bigger disrespect to the Korean government than entering the DMZ. I don't think he crossed it. That's my bad. If I remember correctly, he he snuck uh, into a um, a, a tour tour that was happening. But yeah, he crossed. I mean, whether you cross it directly through the (laughs) minefield or whether you sneak across it, I'm pretty sure they don't hold a distinction. Uh, What is that, a distinction without a difference? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, they the South Korean government's not going to be happy. None, you know, none at all. But yeah, that was that was just, yeah, not smart. Um, but moving on from that, uh, we got a couple more things. But uh, here, what are we going to wrap on, dude? So we'll wrap up on on the last two things I think are kind of important about what's going on in the government right now. So the first thing we have um, that I want to really talk about is the sh- current shutdown. Because um, since I've started this show, since we have started the show, I apologize. Since we've started this show, we've covered 
four government almost shutdowns, right? Sounds about right. We because there was one right before COVID. There was two during COVID. Two uh, close to shutdowns because of COVID policies for uh, all things. And then there's this one. Now, you know, the running theme on this show is to highlight the deteriorating state of governance in this country to hopefully bring more and more people to the understanding that this is a failed state. The state, in terms of, we're not failed people, we're not a failed society yet, but the state is generally failed in terms of its stated goals. That doesn't mean it's going to crumble. That doesn't mean that dying things don't, don't you know, uh, continue to, to keep pushing until their final collapse. But it is a failed state by its stated goals. And so no more quintessentially is that present than in the fact that they routinely at this point cannot provide a budget, which is their constitutional duty, and also function in continuity, in continuity. Those are two of the fundamental cornerstones of governance, right? Being able to actually function consistently and to partake in the constitutional goals set before you, such as budgeting, right? That's that, that's not hyperbolic conspiracy theory. That's just, well, this thing that this institution we have set up is not functioning as intended. Does that sound crazy? Like if. I just feel like sometimes I try to to come to those very basic conclusions, and there's a lot of pushback to those ideas. It depends on who you talk to, absolutely. Yeah, because like I, but, I, I mean, I, as you've asked me that question a lot, and I use always say it ain't broken, it's fixed, you know. So it's just that whether or not people want to see it or accept it or admit it, that's another thing entirely. You know, those are two different things. Yes. And, you know, I, I, I like the sounding board because I, I don't want people to think that this is a solipsistic argument that I'm getting. I'm not stuck in my head. This is observational. Okay. You know what I mean? It's, it's definitely not based on my desire to see the system collapse. I wish the system would work. I believe the system has shown itself to not work in the way that the vast majority of people would like it to. Yeah, but, you know, it's one of those things where you just got to... I'm always I'm on that thing where it's just like you ain't gotta understand it and you ain't gotta agree with it. You just gotta do with it, you know what I mean? So it's like I think that um it's always more important to focus on the things that's wrong and not necessarily the people who can't see the things that are wrong, you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Um definitely because I just I I like to, to, to bring it up, but you can't harp on it. You're right. You can't sit on those things because it's it's incumbent on each of us to try to, to to say our piece, but you can't, as we were just talking about, you can't force anyone to do anything. So once you've said your piece, if people choose their decisions, they, they you know, if they choose to make those decisions uh, that 
enable the the same kind of institutions that are harming them based on the 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 information provided with no reason is to not accept that information you know that's on them you know they and also like done. and also like you know people are classically weak in a sense that a lot of people have a hard time just saying that I want to do something because I want to do something. Oh my gosh, that's so you feel true. me? They have a really. They feel like they need to be. They they have to justify why they want to do that thing. But for me, you know, dopamine and serotonin. I get a dopamine and serotonin rush every time I do that thing. Is enough of an answer. But so a lot of people can't really say that. No, I like the government the way it is because it benefits me. So instead, they would say all that other bullshit. But mm. I don't like engaging with all that other bullshit if I know. That it's just the fluff that they're putting on to specifically insulate them against the argument that will cause them to change. Yes, and that, and and that's a that's a universal thing. That is, oh when yeah, you say that that's that a people thing. People you are have classically to, you like have that. to learn and grow out of that. You have to mm-hmm. practice to not do that. Yes, and and it's something that I see is a very rare thing across cultures. I look at my parents, and they evade anything that would ever get them to reflect on their own behavior. Absolutely, and so it's not like it's just some bad guys across. It's like across spectrums. You know, people will you either learn to do it or you don't. You feel me? And uh, it's also like it has a lot to do with how you're raised. I think the reason why well, I'm like that is because I was specifically raised to. I was specifically raised around people who wouldn't accept bullshit. So mm-hmm. that like the the I never built up all those extra defenses because none of them would have worked anyway. Yep. <laughs> you feel me? And, it was, and then it, it was it was for me it was heartbreaking to find out that they were all hypocrites. <laughs> that was heartbreaking for me because they no, no bullshit. So you know what I did? I Dude, learned I to be gratifying. I do. And this is something that I've learned, and it's something I try to 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 get into with Carolina because we have to set up gratification methods for things that we know are good for us, but we will naturally evade. Personal growth is something we'll naturally evade because it causes anxiety. Ooh, I love so, this quote. Like, change is hard because in that moment you are both the sculptor and the stone. Yes. For yes. me, it hurts. Of course it hurts because you're you're getting rid of a part of yourself that you used to value. But that part of yourself is now causing you harm. You gotta get rid of it. Yes. And so it's super important and and to find validation in yourself. Because it is one of those things that if you don't learn and work on over time the validation you find in yourself will be solipsistic it will exclude the world and one of the things that we need to learn to do is build up gratification methods for personal interactions that might not always feel good but are good like being critiqued is one of those personal interactions that almost never feels good because you're the stone and someone else is the sculptor, but is in your best interest because that person, if you know and love them, can provide you perspective on your behavior that you can never have. And that is important for self-growth. But if you don't know or love anyone or trust anyone enough to do that, through time, you become enabled to do it. You calcify your ability to be reflective in growth. And that just turns you into a stagnation. You will die the same person that you were that day. And that is terrible. That is spiritual death to me. You know what I mean? And we run into this issue because I use very esoteric terms to talk about it now, but we are running into that lack of 
that lack of substance in people because we haven't had the time for that growth, which I think is exemplified in people finding no value in their own desires. It's not enough for them to say, I want to do this and I would put the caveat in it and it doesn't harm anyone else. So why do I need any other reasons? If I want to do it and it doesn't hurt you or anyone else for that matter, that is more than enough justification for me to partake in this action and learn from it. That's why I should take it because it's something I haven't done and I should probably do it on the impulse if it's safe so I can learn from it. That's ex life experience. And the more we run from that, the more we just curtail our own personal life experience. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's such a self-defeating way to think. And I look at my, like, and I, I always refer back to my parents only because I don't want to talk about other people's growth that way because I wasn't there for it. But I do believe that this is something that is ubiquitous amongst people who have never thought about it. If you've taken time to think about it, you've literally abolished its hold over you. But I, when you're running from self-reflection, you're not going to be able to ever think deeply about this. And that's what that's why I, 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 I think it's important to point out. And I only want to do that in situations where I understand the person's growth. And so that's why I use my parents in general for those kind of examples. But when you evade personal reflection, you lack the self-growth to come to the place where you can validate your own thoughts. That was my big roundabout thought there, just to, to sur surmise it. Does that make sense? Did I, did I bring mm -hmm. that full circle? Yeah. We, you are more than validated to do anything you want to do that is consensual and not hurting people. And unfortunately, you also don't... You have to be willing to understand that sometimes the ramifications of your actions might hurt people. And while that is not your direct, that's part of, it's not your direct um, uh, uh, desire or goal. It's part of the learning experience of doing new things. And you should never discount when people reflect on your behavior back to you and they let you know how they feel. Because it's not like you have to be indicted. It wasn't your goal. But you should take into account that some people interpret behavior that way. That's how we grow. And moreover, we should do that in particular with the people closest to us. I don't expect the people to do that with everyone. But it's absolutely imperative that we choose to do that to the people closest to us. Our children, our parents, our loved ones. Because they're the ones who it's actually going to matter for. You know what I mean? Over time. You know, that might not seem gratifying partaking in that in the short term with the randos that you meet every day. But I promise you, these are skills that if you develop and take with you, it will serve you well. You know what I mean? With the people that you love. But yeah, sorry, I thought you were about to, <laughs> thought you were to interject. But yeah, there was the there was that whole thing going on. Um, and I think that that's going to uh, I, I think that you really hit on a good point with with people evading just validating their own desires which i think was ancillary to the original point but nonetheless um we live in a place uh the original point that i was bringing up was about the uh pointing out the continual discontinuity of american governance or the threat of discontinuity of american governance and how that in and of itself is indicative of of a failed state a state that willingly chooses to not produce for its citizenry 
for no other reason than it refuses to do its constitutional duty. You know, that that's where America is at. And they they need to realize like you every and from my perspective, every time someone votes for that, they're willingly choosing to contribute to that. That's why I feel like a lot of times like Americans want the bullshit that they live in. Because through participation, if the fact is that the majority of people didn't want that, it's not nearly as hard for the majority to get that vote out as maybe the media might lead you to believe. The majority of people can very easily access voting. You know what I mean? When we talk about like voter suppression in black communities, we're talking about voter suppression in less than 15% of the population. That leaves 85% of the population pretty well enfranchised. You know what I mean? Some ethnicities choose not to participate in the voting, and so their complicity is 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 considered. But you know, we really shouldn't act like most Americans don't aren't complicit to the bad governance of America. They've absolutely chosen it, and they've done so through either choosing not to participate or through actively participating and choosing one of two parties that act actively contribute to the dysfunction. You know, that's why we should not encourage people to think that voting for who you believe in is a failure because that only encourages them to contribute more to the two-party system that's failing them currently. But yeah, you know, there there's a ton to be said of that, but the the American government's continual threats of shutdown should be a red flag to the American people. And um you know, I, I really do want to talk about Cop City and and how they're popping up around the, the country, but I'm going to save that one for next time because we're already running long. But um, what did I tell you last time when we, we talked about Cop City? It's a model. They're doing it here because they're doing it every place else. So Jeff, definitely join us on the next episode, and I'm going to get deep down with the Cop City story because they're popping up across the nation now, and it's becoming an even bigger threat to our democracy. So... I hope everybody did enjoy the show. If you did, please feel free to subscribe. You can find us on Patreon.com and on Anchor.fm. You can also find us on social media on Twitter at Korea underscore T and at Home Heron. And on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast and at Heron's Homies. And you can find me on Instagram at RicoGPO. Now, remember, guys, time's only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing ever truly will learn from. Thanks again for joining us and have a great one. Peace out. Take it easy.